Hey, I'm Sarah. I'm Chloe. And we are welcoming back Dana Pickley again. Thank you for hanging out. Hey, y'all. Um, you much remember, Dana is the CEO, CEO founder of uh, Queer Media um, I'm the editor-in-chief. I'm not editor fancy enough to be a CEO. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the head honcho of Queer Media Matters. Please go check out that website. It's awesome. Thank you. And uh, we're doing our, uh, our guest episode extravaganza about our 25th anniversary of Xena. And you're our first guest. So thank you. No, glad to be here. And we are going to discuss, this is one of my favorite episodes. I think it's one of your favorites. I mean, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Maybe our first question could be, so we gave you pretty much free reign to choose whichever right. episode you yeah. wanted. So what, what is it that made you choose this episode in particular? Girls just want to have fun. Oh, I, I really wanted, well, especially since we're, you know, heading into spooky season, I really wanted to, yeah. um, I liked the, the, quote-unquote vampire uh, elements of it um, yep. and also it's just like it's it's one of those that are pretty blatantly queer and I I, I like that about it so I was like well, how about we'll check out one of these yeah I, I literally <laughs> have it by now it's like we're just we're just gonna call them vampires right it's just sexy vampire yeah, dancing like okay <laughs> <laughs> okay so I love how like with Xena like up until this point it was pretty like it was pretty standard like action show and then they bust out this like aggressive queer thing so when it started i was just like the opening sequence itself it's just like it's blurry it's weird there's running there's dogs there's someone being eaten maybe yeah. i don't know and i'm just like huh i remember watching it thinking like this is different and probably gonna cause me to have a seizure yeah the beginning literally makes me ill i'm just like <laughs> i can't i can't look i can't look yeah it, <laughs> it's not the most pleasant uh, cinematography no. no. And I like the, the addition of the wolves or the dogs, because I'm just like, that has everything to do with vampires. Well, unless... aren't the Bakai supposed to be able to turn into oh, wolves right. or something? Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I love that that lore. Like, I'm just like, so did Xena invent the vampires? Did the vampires come <laughs> from this? Like, she invented everything else. I do have to say, Bacchus is some of the best makeup and uh, design that they've oh my God, ever yeah. had on the show. He, he, was, he looks really cool. He does, and it's in stark contrast to the mannequin head that they have for <laughs> Orpheus. Yeah. Orpheus. <laughs> I have. Oh, no. We're getting ahead of ourselves. <laughs> yeah. I forgot that the Literally. wolves. Literally. <laughs> We're here all week. Tip your servers. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I forgot the wolves could shapeshift. And I'm like, that's, that's, I guess that's a very much a vampire thing. Like, vampires turn into bats. Carmilla turns into a panther. Um, the vampires I guess they just are, do whatever the hell they want. Yeah, I'm just like, so I, I like what we do in the shadows, because when, you know, they turn into something, it's like not necessarily a bat or whatever, it's, you know, like the guy who yells bat and turns into a bat. Um, <laughs> so I'm just like, I want to know, like, with the vampire thing, is it like, um, like a, like a, what you call it from Harry Potter, your Patronus, like, do, is it based on, like, your internal makeup, do you turn into something based on that? Maybe. <laughs> Gosh, I feel like I would turn into a puppy or something, though. Yeah. <laughs> but they all seem to mostly transform into wolves, which I feel like, I don't know, it's kind of awkward because it's like there's this, like all of the Bacchae are women, so it's like this awkward, like blood-sucking vampire wolf. W women pack. are dogs, kind of. Right. Don't they know that, vamp that vampires are lesbians and wolves are gay? Yeah. <laughs> that's just how it works. Like, that's, that's, just... that's actually... That's actually... <laughs> That's actually something we're discussing. And um, so I, I was I was telling these guys that um, my pals Adam Sass and Princess Weeks and I are are kicking off you know, the first week of October a new podcast uh, for the Anatomy of a Screen Network called Horror Is So Queer. 
And so we, we decided uh, before we started recording that, that yes, we were going to, the lesbians, we're going to be the vampires. We're going to discuss vampirism and lesbianism and um, the lichens, the, the, the wolves were gay. I, I can get behind that. We actually have a book that our friend lent us. I'm pretty sure we still have it somewhere over on our bookshelves. Uh, lesbian vampire erotica. That's the entire book. That's the entire book. It's just a variety yeah. of lesbian vampire stories of like... Some of them are good. Like Carmilla's in it and there's some good stuff. But there's right. one called Dracula Retold, which reads like bad fan fiction, like, like a 13-year-old wrote. And we did a dramatic reading of it last year with a friend of ours. Or two nice. years ago with a friend of ours. It's not good. Like, it's not a good story. Yeah. Uh, you know, I blame the hunger for the lesbian's obsession with vampires. <laughs> I mean, we the same friend made us watch The Hunger for the first time ever, so I think she might we, have a thing. We but, go into, like, detail about this on this podcast because oh God, I was like, yes. you know, The Hunger just... Because before, it was very much like the... the if you look at, like, the history of, of lesbian vampires in, in cinema, especially. It's really more like this male gazy, um, voyeuristic sort of thing. And um, lesbians just lost their minds and dedicated their, you know, their eternal life to Catherine Deneuve. Um, <laughs> I mean, fair. I mean, fair. And our, our friend is still very dedicated to Catherine I mean, Deneuve. I know, I know she's Wait. garbage now, probably, but. But, <laughs> but I don't know if I would say she's garbage now, but. You do know that um, Curve Magazine, when it originally came out, was called Deneuve. Yes, I remember. Oh, that. I did not know that. And they and Catherine Deneuve sued them yep. about the use of the name. So. Oh wow! I, 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 I more meant that I heard something recently about how she said something really horrible politically sometime, but I don't remember exactly what she said. Everybody I just remember said it wasn't great. I mean, it was. Chris I wouldn't, I mean, I don't put it past anyone to be horrible. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's true. And the thing about the, like, queer woman, like, vampire, too, it's, like, it's funny that we're all so into it because it is sort of, like, the implication of, like, it's, like, the predatory, like, lesbian yeah. trope as well. Yeah. Yes. There's a, the control, the, um, it's just so funny to, like, be talking about this when I was just talking about this with Adam and Princess, but, you know, I mean, that's what they were warning young women about like these lesbians they <laughs> ensnare you they seduce you they put you in their thrall um and yeah i mean so i think that that's why uh lesbians and vampires go so well together <laughs> perfect and, thing. and yeah. we literally see that happen with gabrielle when she goes into like basically like the snake pit of yeah. like all the bacchae yes, and yes like she, it's she's so, it's so good i have to say it is so queer gaze. The entire episode yeah, is it really queer, is. Queer, so queer, is. queer gaze. It is. it is not male gaze at all. It is like all about the ladies. Yeah. Um, Even when Gabrielle's like very being much stalked. Oh yeah, it's it's fantastic. Even like when Gabrielle's being stalked, like it's yes. not like creepy predator man. It's just like woman who's like you're looking very tasty in a variety no. of ways. It's like a girl with a. It's like a, a hot chick with a buzz cut. Which I know. So, which like perfectly fits like 1997 or yeah. whatever. What this was 1998. I was like, I think I met that girl at a gay bar in the <laughs> late 90s, early yeah. 2000s. I think everybody who was in gay bars at yeah. that time had met like, like oh. 90 of those women. Yeah. <laughs> somebody, somebody consulted the lesbians on this. Yeah. 
<laughs> and it's funny because even like I don't know if it was intentional or not, but like the way Renee played that when she was in in that scene in that like, the bar scene, like she looks like a baby gay who is very oh, yeah. out of her depth. She's like, whoa, oh, titties oh, everywhere. <laughs> like slightly frightened, but also titillated. Like yeah. she's, she's she's not leaving. She's like, I'm going to dance to this <laughs> yeah. horrific, horrific music. Oh my oh, god, yeah. the music because somebody these sexy lesbians. <laughs> somebody one of the two like jocks her or somebody tries to make her leave, and she's like, but why? Why? Hey, no. a nice place. <laughs> Jocks are playing clitterference. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whenever I whenever I hear the phrase to have the confidence of a mediocre white man, I just uh, think of Joxer. That's all. That's, it is. Pay, that's paying Joxer a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> can, we also, can we also discuss the horrible music that's yeah, playing? Can we just, in the just acknowledge the music? Like, how, what like, is that? It's okay. like first of all, it's like Bangra music, which yeah. is weird and then it's like middle eastern and then it's like this rap. horrible rap and like as weird as the and appropriative as the music normally gets on that show it usually doesn't like delve into like 20th century type music yeah. it's very weird yes it, it's a little jarring yeah when you're used to like the traditional instruments and things like that and suddenly you're like at this club with this just terrible rap song yeah um <laughs> the song itself i'm not saying rap is terrible i'm saying the song is terribly rap oh yeah it's yeah not good, it's not good agreed yeah. I, I feel like they were maybe trying to like like make it a bit more mainstream and like make it like hip for the kids or something because i'm just like this, I, what this doesn't work it does it is it is jarring to say the least <laughs> yeah it, it almost pulls you out of the whole thing yeah a little bit it does. It does. But the sexy vampires bring you right back in. I think the only other time they really use music in that way is in Liar Liar, Hearts on Fire. Right. And I mean, and we, we do have an entire musical episode and there's all sorts of wacky stuff that happens in that. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, I, can't, but I guess I can't say that this is, uh, you know, an anomaly. <laughs> kind of, for, for that time yeah. in, the, in the series, I think it would be. It was like, an anomaly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I, I definitely love that, like, the further, like, the weirder the music progresses and gets stranger, like Gabrielle is just more into it, and like Jockster keeps trying to like pull her out and like, no, this is bad. And then she's like, no, this is fantastic. Actually, uh, we had a former guest who referred to Xander from Buffy as an erection in cargo shorts. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, is there an equivalent phrase we could use for Jockster? Jockster. Oh, <laughs> So I made a lot of notes to myself last night that were really enthusiastic <laughs> about Joxer because, I mean, this whole episode is basically an example. Like he's basically an, a, a walking example of toxic masculinity because the whole time he's like, "Oh, playing music is for sissies or whatever," yeah. and he's so ashamed of playing the liar. And he's like, "You know what's manly? It's swordplay." <laughs> and basically, like he ends up kind of saving the day with the whole music thing, which is great. But the whole time he's just he's just like. I don't know, he's just such a victim of toxic masculinity, but I also don't really feel that sorry for him. I just can't muster really that much sympathy. But yeah, I'm I don't have like, any sympathy. But I'm just, like, just like, this is why toxic I mean, masculinity hurts everybody. <laughs> I, I mean, Joxer grows on me over the, the series. Um, and the actor is so great. He, he does a he really is, good yeah. job. But um, uh, is it Ted Raimi, right? Yeah. Ted. Yeah. Um, but yeah, oh, so jokes Yeah, it, it's um, he's it's he's very season one Xander in uh, up until yeah. like season three of the. 
that's true. I do feel like the kind of like he he is almost like a Mary Sue for like for guys. It's like you you're 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 valuable in this relationship. I swear. Right. You're just we gotta. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there is a straight white man who is moderately accomplished at nothing. <laughs> this will resonate Again, with you. Moderately. <laughs> <laughs> Joxer, Joxer can't do anything. Except, except play the liar, apparently. Gabriel. <laughs> He's completely inept. But wait, one question I have while watching all this is when does when does Gabrielle get bitten? I don't know. I assumed it was in the dance. Like we scene, see very clearly but... that she bites Zena later, but I I did not see any any biting going on unless it was like a very like covert like nibble that we <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I also want to know exactly how Bacchus and the Bacchae themselves lure other people into their whole thing because we, like, I understand that they're supposed to have this, like, pull. The thrall. The thrall, yeah. but I, I don't really know how that works in the episode. I'm like, mm. <laughs> I just like they're dancing, but. That's the thrall in, uh, in this episode. I also like Bacchus and the Bacchae. It sounds like a really great name for a band. <laughs> it does, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I do appreciate that like there is a lot of jocks or dislike going on right now. I'm very big on that. Um but yeah, that's one that's another question I was thinking of. Like the biting is um it's not clear where Gabriel got bitten and then Joxer thought Xena was the one who was like turned first. Well, this, <laughs> is like, what, this is what pisses me off about Joxer is he's like ready to throw down and kill anybody of yeah. any of his friends at any point in time just because you know, anyone tells him to. And that's, I think that's what gets me about Joxer in this particular episode. I know. And it seems really out of character for me because normally, you know, he's like really into Gabrielle and like really wants yeah. to do everything he can generally to like- To keep her happy. To keep her happy. And then it just, or he was basically ready to like stab her through the heart. And I was like, what? That seems wrong. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't track with <laughs> him sometimes. Yeah. But I, I have to appreciate though, um, <laughs> when Zena comes in and, and she's just like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, look, come over here, children, stop it. And he's like, she's a back eye. I want to get a thing and stab her. And Gabrielle's like, no. And he's like trying to like whittle her staff into a stake. And I'm just like, I just love the liberties they took with all the vampire lore without actually saying the word vampire anywhere. In this right. uh, trademarked. <laughs> trademark hashtag hashtag vampire <laughs> they, they didn't hear back from the uh sheridan la Fanu yeah. estate in time yeah <laughs> so yeah so unsurprisingly gabrielle is the one who got them into this mess because like gabrielle and her love of cults and following people <laughs> so and just, like basically just show gabrielle something shiny and she'll she'll go after it yeah, she's like oh i i hear some music and i see some uh suspicious lesbian basically Zena is just telling her like to stay yeah put. and that's you know that's just un unrealistic to tell expect Gabrielle to stay put anywhere and so you know <laughs> she sees some exciting suspicious lesbians on the dance floor and she's yeah. gotta go follow it yeah what I'm is the sexy writing going on and why are they all wearing capes <laughs> yeah i mean that's basically how she like first started following <laughs> yeah sure. she was like oh pretty lady on horse i'm gonna go with you you seem exciting <laughs> she's like a, it's like a puppy with yeah. add she's, um, she's one of your richest stands yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the, the og stand Gabrielle. <laughs> so i know there's like a whole like like the whole plot of like 
Orpheus and his severed head being carted around like Lincoln at Bernie style. I don't actually know like the full myth of Orpheus, I mean, but I feel like this is one of those times that Xena tried to like actually acknowledge this show set in like mythological times. And I'm just like, cool. I wish you had given us like the tiniest bit of backstory about who this dude is besides like the guy who plays the liar. Like, do you well, know he, about him? He is the god of music. Okay. So Orpheus, he is the musician, poet, and prophet in Greek mythology. Thank you, greekmythology.com. <laughs> nice. Okay, so that makes sense then. So he's like, of course, he would be like the artistic guy, like the tortured artistic soul. Um, I had a question, but I completely lost it. Um, oh, so yeah, there's more of a statement, actually. So Gabrielle, of course, gets turned because it's Gabrielle. Why wouldn't she? Um, but like... Xena still is just like, okay, you know what? I'll, I'll stick it out. I'll help you get, like, cured of this. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. the love is there, and I'm just like, that's, that's fucking, tr I wouldn't know if I'd want you around me if you were going to be, like, a fucking demon. I know. Yeah. It's another one of those scenarios where she's, like, willing to risk everything just to save Gabrielle. She's that's like, every huh? episode. I know. But, like, it, <laughs> I'm, yeah, no I'm like, different. <laughs> it's true, but it's, like, on a larger scale, again, it's, like, one against an army where she's basically, like, I will let this entire town go to shit as long as you're yeah. okay. Yeah, I will it's, burn uh, this place down. Uh, uh, did you ever play Life is Strange? Uh, I did the, I played the demo, but I liked it. Okay, yeah. so there's a phrase that's um, bay over bay, like <laughs> B-A-E over B-A-Y. So like you could choose, you basically, if you choose your girlfriend, like the entire bay suffers. And yeah. like, everyone's like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> same yeah. shit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly, same shit. Same. Yeah, I love how that's like, it, that this like embedded itself so early in the series, because this is season two. And like, that's just like, I th this is for me is one of like the real, real clear, like obvious first points. Like, oh, this is a queer show. Like mm -hmm. this is, this is for the gays. Um, and I like how they didn't shy away from it. And they, they just kind of like leaned into it. I, my only issue is like, they made it so like visually bizarre sometimes. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, you couldn't just give us like normal sexy vampire dancing. It has to be like through like a wobble lens the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> with strobe lights strobe lights um this is also the age of lesbian chic ah this is true so so lesbian chic was really cool and like people like to sprinkle it into things in like the mid to late 90s because it like made them edgy and cool and so i wonder if the, if the lesbian chicness uh invaded this episode because every all the vampires are very like femmy very, you know, gorgeous with their red lipstick, lipstick bock eyes. Yeah, <laughs> bock eyes. And then the one butch one with the short hair. Yeah. Well. S stone bock eye. <laughs> she, even, she was still wearing lipstick, I'm pretty it's sure. It's true. I'm pretty sure she was, yeah. <laughs> yeah um, but yeah, I mean, with the, like, obvious queerness, um, that scene where Gabrielle bites Xena, Gabrielle's finger in Xena's mouth. Oh my God, it's so unnecessary, except to show how really gay it is. And it's amazing. I'm just like, <gasps> I'm actually kind of impressed they got that past the censors. I, I did not think they were going to sneak that by. It was pretty lingering too. Yeah, yeah. it was a real close up shot. Yeah. And we, have, and we have the captions on when we watch, so like we can like quote things as needed. Uh, and like there's one of the captions like moan softly. I'm like, which one was that? <laughs> Who's moaning? And yeah, and um, the fingernails, though. That's another little oh, yeah. chic element. They were like, 
the fingernails are like four inches long and sort of soiled. I that it wasn't hot. No, no that's not I really did not like that at all. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. But I, I, again, like I do love how there's like this this big plot line of Orpheus and like I have to go do this thing and we're taking the head around. Um, also, I feel really bad for whoever played Orpheus because when they first talked to him, he's sitting like on Jocelyn's lap, so that poor guy had to be like in something like nestled in he Ted Raimi's truck. He was in yeah. the rock. He was in and there. Yeah, he was like Ted nestled. was on the rock. Yes, and uh, <laughs> he, oh my god. They spent all that money on Bacchus's makeup because they had none left over for poor or Orpheus's decapitated head. <laughs> it's so bad. It's like probably the worst prop they've ever had in the history of the show. I literally have a note that says he looks I like a man. used better props. Yeah, my note is literally this mannequin. This is a mannequin in a merkin. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! And that like yeah, his little flavor saver. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he's like the mannequin is open mouthed half the time too. Yeah. It's just like he's it just it's just very unsettling. And then for one for one scene they had to show like a silhouette of him talking to Joxer and it was just yes. like a puppet just doing yeah. this. It was like open mouth like a Muppet. And I'm just right. like, oh but and, and this is another thing I love about the scene. You can tell where the money goes every season. Every time. Every, every time you're like oh, okay. that and the um oh, what's the creature? The dryads. The, the CG oh, yeah. for the dryads, that's yeah. where the money went. Oh yeah, yeah that's not bad actually for, for, for the, the 90s, show that was okay. for the 90s. That was yeah. okay. And this that, it's, it's... And lipstick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The lipstick budget, I'm sure, was just as high as the CGI. <laughs> and I, th I think this is one of the things I love about Xena so much, is that like, you can have something like, you know, the dryads look kind of cool, and then you can have something like the intro, which is like, what is this? What's going on? This is like, I think they were trying to be like modern and cool. And then they have this fucking mannequin on a stick <laughs> with like stuff just glued to it. <laughs> it's like, it really runs the gamut of, of technical specs and abilities. <laughs> it's just like, what? <laughs> but I have to give all the, the, all the, all the cast credit because like, I, I don't think I could keep it together trying to talk to a mannequin the <laughs> way. It. I'm just like, no, I, I would lose it. I'd fucking lose my shit. Especially a mannequin that's that horrible. Yeah. yeah. Like when he's when he's on the stick and the and jocks are just hands this guy at the dance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and his head on a stick. See, see, just like no. Guys just like, oh, okay. That seems normal. One thing I, I do I do like about uh, Gabrielle being turned is that like a Joxer was just like it's Cena and he's being all bizarre about it. And then when it actually is Gabrielle, like she just goes full vampire. And she's like climbing the wall like a spider. <laughs> it's like yeah. frenzy, blah. And then at one point she like looms over him, and all I could think of was like Count Blood Count from Bugs Bunny, just like over Bugs Bunny's bed, like rest is good for the blood. <laughs> but I want to know is why Gabrielle immediately like obviously loses all traces of herself, but then Xena, when she gets turned into a bad guy, like, still has, like, her mission in mind. She is, Because like... love. Because Xena, yeah. the love in Xena's heart is so strong <laughs> <laughs> that she was able to reconnect. As soon as, 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 soon as uh, Bakai Gabrielle bit her, they were once again connected. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even trying to be sarcastic. I really think this is what was fucking going through the, the yeah. writer's head. It's you're probably, probably, you're probably right. Yeah. It's probably a combination of that and Gabrielle is like, is very easily influenced. That is true. That yeah. is true. Like, like we said, you just joke. Right. Look up here, shiny. Gabrielle. <laughs> Titties, look. Oh my God, I'm in. <laughs> yeah, when Zena gets- I got a drachma for you. It's so shiny. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, I think, I think you're right. I think the part of it is definitely that like, this is like, it's the love scene is like, I have to save, I have to save my lady from the sexy vampires. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't give a fuck about the rest of you, but you know, Gabrielle. <laughs> and it's, it, there is a bit of that, uh, that Lost Boys uh, element there where it's like, you have to kill us with whatever, like dry a bone or something. And I'm like, it's like, I'm the head vampire. And I'm just like, oh my God. It almost reminds me of like, if the hunger in the Lost Boys had a, had a child who went to college and like failed out, this is what this, this episode is. <laughs> Oh, the 90s are fun. Yes. I definitely, I, the, I could see parallels, like, with the hunger and with the queer vampire thing quite a bit. Um, so, and I, we had this conversation last night. I was like, would you join a sexy vampire cult? No. <laughs> I mean, at least I would try not to, uh, but maybe the troll would get me. I don't know. <laughs> Is it, uh, see, I've been, I've been watching The Vow on HBO about the, Nix, the Nixium cult. And oh, yeah. All I could think of was like how expensive the classes in the vampire cult might be. <laughs> What's your like, budget if you for wanna, this? If you want to get to a certain level of, of vampire cultist, <laughs> it's going to cost you seventy eight hundred dollars and you're going to have to move to Albany. <laughs> well, again, and you have to make sure your lipstick you yeah. know, supply is well stocked. So. You know. can make sure you have long nails and good lipstick. Right. Yeah. Um, That's basically what was going on in the vow, too. <laughs> there was a, there's some kind of connection with Vancouver with that. Wasn't one of the, I think it was one of the Smallville stars. Oh, uh, yeah, a ton of, oh, it was um, Allison Mack. Yes. Who is, uh, who is currently awaiting sentencing, I do believe, yeah. for her role in this. Um, yeah, there was quite a, a lot of Vancouver actors involved. Yeah. I remember, yeah, I listened to like a CBC podcast about it when it was first coming yeah. out. It's crazy. Was... If, if you're interested in any of this stuff, it's so well done, this this vow. It's amazing. It's excellent. I think I, I you should watch that, yeah. yeah my, my uncle is in a cult, so, you know, I have, I have an interest in this. Yeah, he's in the, the, I think it's called The Family now. The children, they used to be called The Children of God. Oh, I know The Children of God. <laughs> I, I listen to the podcast Cults, and I'm very interested in culty things. He was, he was, uh, he moved to Toronto, I think, in like the 70s. Um, and I guess he was just doing like a shit ton of acid. And they were like, this guy's susceptible to <laughs> strong suggestions. Let's go. So he just like joined this cult and he's not in it now. But mm. mom, mom is like, nah, he's, he's in the cult. Mom watched a documentary on CBC and she's like, oh, uh, your, your cousin's on, on this documentary. I'm like, I'm not going to watch that. That's a little too weird. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's wild. Um, but yeah. So not joining Sexy Vampire Cult, you say it's too much money. I, I probably wouldn't either. <laughs> <laughs> if you have the budget for the lipstick, sure. But like, I don't know. I mean, if it's, if it's reasonable, I, it's all, I just think of it as a resume builder. <laughs> Take a class. Take a class. Like do like a learning a annex kind of thing. Let's be called Vampire Cult. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, what I want to ask you is, do you think that, like, usually the show is not particularly misogynistic because it's Xena. Would you say that this one is a little, one of the more misogynistic ones? Like, if you're looking at it a certain way, it's just because we do have the, like, easily swayed women who are all, like, attracted to the wine god or whatever, and then they go out and they snatch other women and... You said snatch. <laughs> You do this all the time. I was going to point 
Yep, I'm wearing a shirt with a beaver on it. (laughs) (laughs) I tend to, like, I do this a lot, and it's very embarrassing. I I don't mean to. Oh, no, it's very entertaining. (laughs) Ah, yes, your question. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Well, listen, Uh, he's the god of wine and like roast beef, you know, like roasted meats and, and parties. I mean, it's not that, it's not that hard to be like, oh, that sounds kind of fun. (laughs) So I don't know. I would consider it misogynistic. I mean, Joxer has his moments where he's a bit of a a douche. Um, But uh, I don't know. I just really see it more as like a fun kind of nod to 90s lesbian chic and lesbian like you know just thrall and all that stuff so I, I that's at least that's my perspective okay that's fair and I, di- I didn't come up with like a definitive answer myself to that question when I yeah. pondered it last night so I literally was curious as to <laughs> what you thought yeah I mean and, like uh, I'm so on one of, the, one of these days the 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 thought will just snatch you <laughs> I will be snatched oh, by the God. thought. <laughs> please, please put that as a tagline for the episode. <laughs> this episode is, so- is snatched. <laughs> <laughs> Someone to snatch the merkin off of uh, Orpheus. <laughs> oh, <God>. Please. Um, <laughs> Anyway, greater <laughs> maturity this podcast here. <laughs> but that that brings me to a point. Like misogyny is like it, you could you could look at it either way, um, and and consent is something I, I frequently see in like vampire fandom debate <laughs> online, and it's like because people who are who are turned are largely like not many of it is is are turned consensually, and like there is like a an attack, and there is this like forcible taking of your life it's, it's non-consensual murder not that any murder i think is consensual <laughs> <laughs> by definition no. by definition it's not consensual <laughs> we're taking a real turn here jesus snatch um, out of it Let's <laughs> that <clears throat> so yeah the, i think it's just the the issue of of consent and like yes but xena does offer her consent to gabrielle yes. before she's bit I was, she gonna, does. I was gonna say this is um one of this probably the only time where I've seen um any consent given by someone to be like yes please bite me to to save me or save yourself or do something because everything else is just like I'm gonna eat you and I, she's all like oh just do it Gabrielle <laughs> <laughs> like writhing <Yeah. laughs> like, move my hair out of out of the way <laughs> seductively <laughs> I've been thinking about this like for a while and it's just like why are we all so like horned up for the vampires when so much of this is like not consensual stuff is it just like they're sexy and we all think fangs are hot um I think it's because it's uh it's a reflection of like sexual freedom and authority in a lot of ways too like the whole like the whole vampire thing in general it's like we connect it very much with sexual freedom mm-hmm. and um experimentation and um autonomy things like that yeah. and so you know it's interesting when you're saying like so many of these uh so much of vampirism is not about consent 
because in the ones I'm watching, the people who are bitten generally are saying like, go ahead. Like, I mean, if you're looking at Carmilla, like Laura, Laura, anytime would be like, go ahead, do yeah. what you need to do. <laughs> that was uh, <laughs> uh, in, you know, yeah, I just, I, but yeah, I mean, you, you, you have a point. I think monsters period aren't concerned about yeah. consent no. um, in any way, shape or form. We werewolves will bite your ass. They don't care. They'll <laughs> turn you into a werewolf. Um, you know, like I think, I think in general, monsters, yeah, don't necessarily uh, follow those guidelines very well. Yeah. Um, speaking of werewolves, I, it's so funny because we were just watching, uh, God, that Buffy episode where oh, New Moon Rising, New Moon Rising. Oh yes. With the sexy vampire and the whole, I just was killing Veruca. myself, Veruca, because or werewolf. <laughs> Because the whole entire time she talks to anybody, she's just like, she's like swivels her neck and does this weird thing where she's like looking up from below and she's like, oh, but you know, we just have to be free and we're our <laughs> werewolves. <laughs> I mean, I mean, the quote is she's Cal Fiona, so. Yeah, <laughs> it's just, sorry, I just thought of that because I was killing myself laughing over this episode and I'm like, oh my God, it's so dumb. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> I think I think werewolves are often conflicted about their werewolfness, whereas mm. I think vamps are pretty happy to be vamps. Yeah, mm -hmm. a lot of the the werewolf stuff I've seen is that when they turn, like they're not in, like the human is gone. It's just the animal, and like there's not a lot of understanding of what's going right. on. There's then, no control there. Yeah, there's no control, and then when there is that guilt of like, oh god, I hurt somebody. So, yeah, but with vampires, it's human like form, yeah. yeah, when they're human form. But like with vampires, it's just like, yeah, I'm gonna go eat on this. This is my snack, and this is my dinner. Right. <laughs> We're out right. on a date. <laughs> very sexy about uh, vampires and gaining that consent from their victim or mm. I shouldn't say victim like they're you know but like their person you mm -hmm. know the person saying like I want I want to understand where you're coming from I want to be with you so like there is I think maybe more so than other creature uh, features vampires have more of a dialogue about uh, what's going to happen and, yeah. and what things are going mm -hmm. on. So um, I think, yeah, I mean, nothing, nothing is, is sexy about having your autonomy taken away from you at all. No. Um, but it is sexy to discuss, um, you know, joining together and like, this is going to happen if you want it to sort of. Yeah. Thing. Mm, it's interesting. That, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's very interesting though, that with some vampire lore, they have to be given consent to enter a building. Yes, yes. But they can just have a free-for-all on your neck whenever they feel. <laughs> they care a lot about property in vampire Yes, a lot of laws. property laws. And not, not unlike the United States right now, who cares more about uh, windows being smashed than they care about innocent people being murdered. Yeah. It is true. Yeah. It is horrific. Wow. I'm just like, my, my friends in the States, y'all want to like just move to Canada? We got a floor you can sleep on until you find not that it's that great I know here. it ain't perfect up there. It's not. <laughs> oh, God, no. No, we, it's not. I, so I know someone who actually just took a leave of absence to go be a professional um, activist organizer. Uh, she's on the East Coast and she's just like, yeah, I'm, I'm my boss was like, yeah, go do this. Use your logistics and planning and go help like the indigenous communities like battle the government. She's like, oh, mm -hmm. all right, I will. I'm like, yeah, that's, yeah. Yep, our government treats indigenous people yeah. really badly up here. Yeah, that's a whole other podcast though. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I I like that you you mentioned Carmilla because I mean I'm always down to talk about Carmilla. Um, we had the poster up in our living room, um, and I do like how they took that and they made it like extra gay. 
Like they just took it and like flipped it and was like, this is the gayest thing ever. Um, I mean, have you not read the original Carmilla? Cause that's Oh, I definitely gay. have. Oh, I definitely have. <laughs> like, I just, I, I have to say like the whole autonomy thing, like I do like this and like Laura in the show has, has agency and autonomy and it's, and it's, I'm so glad that like a bunch of gays got their hands on this. I mean, I think yeah. it's, it's more celebrated in the show than it is in the book for sure. Yes. Yeah. Now, Car- Carmilla definitely does not love her vampirism, but yeah. Laura loves Carmilla. And so that's really like, that's where it all hangs, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. if, Car- if Carmilla could give it all up, she would. And, and she does at she a does, certain yeah. point. Mm-hmm. Not intentionally, I don't believe. <laughs> no, I, 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 I appreciate Carmilla. Um, see, like season two, I think they tried to take on too much and it just kind of like, it was all over the place. But like the way the series ended, I was like, oh, this is actually like, this is pretty good. It was satisfying. Yeah, yeah. Like, this, is, this is a nice ending. But actually, I, I contacted Natasha via her website to try get, to get her on to talk about like strong female characters in media. Um, mm, but I work. No. Did not work. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. I'm sure she's busy. She is busy. Yeah. But yeah, so I'm trying to think of like other queer vampire things um, that are, have, they're as, as fun and as, as positive as Xena. Um, and I'm kind of like, I'm drawing a blank on a lot of it or trying to think of like, I mean, Buffy obviously has like queerness ingrained in it, but that's mm-hmm. vampires and like Vampire Slayer and Willow's a Witch. Can you think of anything that's like queer vampires and positive on that scale? Or um, I read something, I think it's called the Gilda stories or something like that, um, which was quite good and new. That's by Jewel, uh, that was by Jewel Gomez. Yes. Yes. I got to meet her last year on Olivia trip. So that was really cool. Oh, awesome. Yeah, I really liked, I really liked what I read. So I, I would categorize that there maybe but I don't know how well known that is um you should check out my friend uh Laura Hayes she has got a uh vampire kind of thriller lesbian romance thing um and you can get it through Bella Books hold on I will get you it's the Red Redomancy series okay okay um and the first book is called Terrible Praise Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Terrible <laughs> praise. So you would not start with that, but you can get it on Amazon. You can get it on Bella Books. Uh, but if you are into vampires and lesbians and autonomy and consent and all that good stuff, <laughs> you'll want to, which you should be, uh, you'll want to check out Terrible Praise. I feel like a lot of our audience would definitely be into <laughs> lesbian vampires and consent. Yes. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I'm trying to think of anything else. I mean, the hunger started like a, a trend. I think is like positive-ish. It's not well. I wouldn't. I, I don't know how positive I. I mean, it's not. There's bisexual vampires, so there's that. Yeah, I mean, but like definitely, what's her face? Susan Sarandon doesn't consent to being bitten in that. She's just like having a sexy time with Catherine Deneuve, and then all of a sudden yeah, she's like, true. "Why am I so ill?" Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, that. Uh... It, it it did it did as as my friend Adam says because we cover the the hunger in our podcast. He was like, "This is when le- like queer um, queer women in these vampire movies start to like regain their their agency and they start to not just be like these victims. They get to have a say in how this all you know works for them. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas before you have you know." terrible movies like Vampiros Lesbos and <laughs> the, the Blood Splattered Bride where it basically it's just all about some guy 
that is eventually going to kill the vampire, um, which are like male gazy. And I'm not saying The Hunger isn't kind of male gazy. Uh, it is directed by Tony Scott, um, and there mm-hmm. are some pretty male gazy parts of it. Uh, the um, wine with the, the chemistry between with the boobs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the wine and the boobs and everything like that. I'm like that. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But the ke- the chemistry between Deneuve and Sarandon really help like bring legitimacy to yeah. to that whole thing. Yeah. You, can, you can almost argue there's like a, like a tiny bit of like feminism creeping back into a, a bit of this. Oh with... yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And and nobody the the two the queer women don't die at the end, technically. Technically, um, technically. <laughs> they're undead. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, but it like we you know your final girl really is a final girl. She survives and she mm-hmm. she now has the power. Yeah. Yeah. She seems pretty stoked about that power, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, there is a thing though of like of like when you're when you're turned, like you do have that power. And I'm thinking of like um, a girl walks home alone at night. Like that's a pretty awesome vampire movie. Mm, yes, yes. Uh, and there were there were parts of True Blood that that were decent in that respect. Not all, but mm. there were some moments. Um, but we're talking about like more modern, you know, vampire stuff. Um, um oh wait hold on there's a new newish uh vampire queer movie called bit oh my god oh, i'm an idiot bits we awesome. saw that it's so good yeah sorry nicole mains and yeah. uh, loved it so so that's very much like a modern queer vampire story and stars uh, a trans actress um, yeah and uh she was such a delight i saw her i saw the movie at a, a glyph in austin Oh, sweet. And Nicole was there. She was there in, in the audience. And oh, she did, nice. Like, little Q and, she did a little Q and A. She's she's precious. That's so cool. Yeah, we yeah we. I think we actually like bought that off of iTunes or something like mm-hmm. near the start of the pandemic. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. It's, a, it's a fun time, man. I really I was shocked at how much I liked it and how well it was done. Because yeah. I was just like, oh, you know, I don't expect that much from it. It looks like yeah, like okay, and it looks fun. <laughs> but I actually really loved it. So. Yeah, and I do like how it wasn't like trans vampires. It was just no. like vampires who happen to be yeah. trans. I'm like, oh, this is yeah. good. This is like, this is how you should do it. It's just it's part of the storyline, and it's not it's, like yeah, it's totally a non-issue. It's yeah. it's really well done, and um, I love that there was like the queer romance element of it. If you're into vampire movies at all, definitely check out it. Yeah, I, I quite like that. I can't believe we forgot that one. Like we we love that. <laughs> we were like testing our friends. Like you gotta watch this. Oh, yeah, I just so t- I just reminded you about it. Like two weeks ago I know we were just, we're just I was like oh we should watch that again <laughs> the time is an illusion in quarantine so. yeah I don't know um yeah so I, th- I can't think of anything else that's like out there as like cool queer vampire stuff but like I've, if anybody thinks of anything like please let us know because I, I just I, I'm like I'm always on the hunt for like ha 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 always on the hunt <laughs> <laughs> for like good like supernatural stuff and there is something to be said for like supernatural queer stuff because you know we, we're like I said we're big horror nerds and I love to see like queerness represented in horror movies. And I can't think of a lot of queer horror. We just watched Lyle for the second time. Mm. Um, have you seen that one? Uh, I ha- I have. Um, I don't love it, but um, have you seen? This isn't vampires, but it's powerful queer women, and um, uh, all cheerleaders die. No. Oh no! I, I heard it was good. Oh my god, I love All Cheerleaders Die. It's it's a romp. Okay, cool. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Um I the the guy that directed it, um uh so Lucky McKee directed 
uh, all cheerleaders die. It's really like a, a really cool story about this group of girls who end up on the uh, the receding end of of some ritualistic murders, uh, but uh, come come back and uh, to exact their revenge. And one of them is in love with her best friend, who is like this kind of gothy queer uh loner it's um i just i've watched it a million times i just really get a kick out of it amazing i have, to, I have the wikipedia open now so i'll keep that open we should probably wrap this up sort of soon because it's almost an hour yeah um but do you have any final thoughts on girls just want to have fun i think you know it's it's almost, it almost feels like a bottle episode to me. Yeah. Um, and I think it really shows the, not just emotional connection between Zena and Gabrielle, but also a physical connection. And so if you're, you know, if you're just like super into all things queer Zena, I think it definitely needs to be in mm-hmm. the top five mm-hmm. uh, oh, of those yeah. episodes. Agreed. Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's one of the, it's one of my favorites. And like, it's like you said, it's just like, it shows like the connection and, um it's <laughs> the the love is there because like you said Zena is just so like determined to, to like save Gabrielle she's like I'm gonna let the like the power overtake me it's almost like in the exorcist when the priest like he just like realizes like the demons in him and he just leaps out the window and he's like no we're stopping this right now also it's pretty marvelous that they managed to do all that in a pretty silly episode about the Bacchae <laughs> yes yes long live the Bacchae <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully no one snatches them. <laughs> uh, is there anything you want to you want to plug while you're you're here, or anything anything besides your cool new horror podcast? Uh, yeah, no. So yeah, please check out um, uh, Horror is So Queer. Uh, that's going to be coming out here the second week of October through Anatomy of a Scream. Uh, and check out Anatomy of a Scream if you're into horror. They have lots of cool articles and um, they dig into lots of cool horror stuff. Um, let's see. Um, yeah, I'm going to be launching my queer travel page um, uh, called Queer and Far. And <laughs> I, like I am, yeah, I am finally traveling a little bit, uh, not far, and very safely. I'm going to Chattanooga, Tennessee this next uh, couple of days. Cool. And uh, kind of check that out and you know, what's cool and queer there. Um, so I'll be kind of pushing a little bit more of that than coming months, but uh, yeah. That's awesome. Awesome. I'm glad you're keeping busy, even though it's like a shit show across the world. Yeah. <laughs> do, do what you can to stay happy. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. We super appreciate you coming back to, to hang out with us again. Um, we'll probably have you on again at some point because like these are so much fun to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have a good time with you all. <laughs> this is great. Well, thank you so much. Uh, thank you for listening, everybody. Um, and yeah, thanks, Dana. It was, it was good to see you and uh, have a good time in Tennessee. Thank yeah. you.